Thanks for checking out One Church. If you're new to the church or want to learn more about us, you can always go to IamOneChurch.com. Now, here's this week's service. You doing good? You look great. I mean, you look really good. It's so good to have each and every one of you here today. Uh, man, we, uh, I don't know about you, but last week, baptism service, if you missed it, come on. It was such an amazing, amazing time. Uh, we had 60 people uh, get baptized. Come on. In both campuses, in five services, we had 60 people take their next step and get baptized. And man, it was such a great and awesome celebration. Uh, I just love looking through all the pictures of all the people that got baptized, man, because it's just a powerful, powerful moment. And so we celebrate all that God is doing uh, in the lives of so many people. And hey, uh, speaking of uh, what God is doing in people's lives, we have child dedication coming up. On May uh, 19th, uh, child dedication is happening. And here's the thing. Child dedication is not one of these things where we're saying, hey, your child is, is becoming a Christian or, or giving their life to Jesus. Come on. And we're not sprinkling them with water or anything like that. But what it is, is as a parent, you're saying, hey, I'm coming before my entire church family and saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And, uh, and it's something powerful about that. It's something that's, that's so awesome about saying, hey, this, this is the deal is that I'm not perfect parent. Come on. Uh, but, but I'm committed to say, hey, I'm going to raise my child in the house of God. Child dedication is something that's such an awesome opportunity. You know, they say it it takes a village to raise a child. I tell people, I feel like it takes a church to raise a child. And I want you to know that there are people that that are sitting probably next to you or close to you that have been in the season of life that you're in raising your child. And uh, they are they are more than willing. Come on, they've been through the teenage years and they survived. Come on, uh, they they've they've raised the 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 uh, the infant who was colicky and they survived. They made it through. And so there's people uh, that that have been on this journey. And this is what we're doing is is we just love to celebrate uh, and and pray with you and say we're. Behind Behind you, we're here to cheer you on. We're here to support you, and so you can go to iamonechurch.com/dedication. iamonechurch.com/dedication and get signed up for that. We don't have an age limit. Uh, I always tell people, I feel like if you're old enough to drink, you probably are too old to get dedicated for child dedication. But if, you, if you're 21 and you want to get dedicated, come on, big boy, let's do it. Let's uh, get up here. Uh, anyway, so, uh, but child dedication is something so, so powerful. Here's the thing is, is that we have people that, and the reason why we say it's not just babies. There's some people that just do babies because we have people that, man, they, their entire family have gotten, uh, given their life to Jesus and they had never been in church. They've never had a church experience and they give their life to Jesus. Come on. They come to a one church service. They have an encounter with Jesus. And now they're saying, Hey, listen, I'm give, I've given my life to Jesus. And I'm telling you right now, I'm going to raise my kids in the house of God. And there's something so powerful about that. Uh, when we do that, so go to, um, I am one church.com. 
slash dedication. Get signed up for that. It's going to be an awesome, awesome opportunity. Hey, and all the guys in here, just a heads up, next week is Mother's Day. I have no announcement other than you better do something, okay? Uh, next week is Mother's Day, and uh, it's, it's awesome. I needed the day off, and so uh, Pastor Nancy Sy is going to be preaching. Come on, it's going to be awesome. Uh, I'm excited uh, to hear the word that she has, uh, and I am ready to preach today's message. Are you ready? Before I move on, come on, we got to give it up for our Sulphur Springs campus. We love you. Sulphur Springs. Celebrating all that God is doing there in Sulphur Springs. And while we're at it, come on, let's give it up for everybody watching online all around the world. Uh, man, technology is amazing. Here's the thing, though, is I promise you, it's not as good as if you're in the room. And because we have the greatest church, come on, on the planet, in my opinion. And I know I'm biased, but come by. If you're ever in the area, stop by one of our uh, uh, services at one of our campuses, and we will make you feel right at home. And if they don't, please tell me, and I will make sure that I take it out on them. Or so, I don't know, I'm just kidding. Uh, if you got uh, Luke 9, 62, Luke 9, verse 62, and I'm going to be reading out of the message translation just because... I love the way this says this, but I just want to give you a little bit of background before we jump into today's verse. In, in Luke 9, 62, uh, before the, this, this verse, uh, Jesus it has people that are coming up. Jesus is making waves. Jesus is doing incredible things. I don't know if you've read the Bible, but uh, Jesus is healing blind eyes. He's opening deaf ears. He's walking on water. He's turning uh, water into wine. Come on, he's doing all kinds of incredible things, and people are obviously, uh, uh, they're like, I want to hang around this guy. I want to be around this guy. I see him. He's got all these people that are following him. I want to be one of those followers. And so these people come up to Jesus and say, hey, I want to follow you. I want to do what you're calling me to do. I want to, I want to go after the same things that you're going after. This is what I want to do. This is my desire. And as soon as Jesus, Jesus, come on, Jesus isn't an exclusive club. He says, come on, come on. Don't tell Jesus something because he's going to say, come on, let's do it. You know, so Jesus says, come on. Yeah, follow me. And every one of them came up with an excuse. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that you were cool with it. I'll catch up with you down the road, right? I've got some stuff to take care of. I've got a few things to take. I got to tend my garden at home. I got to make sure the wife is happy. I got to take care of all the stuff that I need to take care of. And then maybe one of these days or someday I'll come along. And, And this is where we pick up this passage of scripture and where we pick up this verse. It says, Jesus said to these people that made excuses, come on, no procrastination, No backward looks. You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Seize the day. Come on. No procrastination. No backwards looks. You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Seize the day. Come on. Tell three people around you and say, seize the day. Seize the day. If you're taking notes today, you can title today's message, It's Time to Move. Well, Pastor Jimmy told me to stand still. Pastor Jimmy's a liar. (laughs) Listen to me, not him. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's time. (laughs) It's time to move. All right. Lord, thank you right now for your word. Thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. Lord, I pray right now that you would speak through me to your people. Lord, let every life be changed. Lord, let them hear my heart. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. It's time to move. You know, the other day I was uh, running some errands in Rockwall, 
and uh, everything was going really well. Uh, and I'd nearly, I'd finished everything up. I'd gone to all the stores that I needed to go to, and I was ready to get home. And uh, on my way home, uh, I realized that traffic is awful because they have shut down a lane on the interstate in Rockwall. And everybody who's ever been there knows this is a nightmare. Because what happens is, is everybody decides, we're going to exit. Because, yeah, I mean, you know, slow traffic, it's better to go to stop lights, right? And just sit there and wait and jam everything up. And so I was like, and, and, uh, I, I mean, I'm trying, I'm looking for back ways for my back ways, you know, like, I'm like, okay, I know these routes. It's on my way home. I've got to go this way. I'm trying to find every way I can to get around this mess. And there is no way around this mess. And you need to know something about me. I am a Christian. So you're like, that's a good thing. I think. I feel like that should be one of the things that you check off when you're a pastor. But, um, but I'm a Christian, but something happens to me when I get into a car. Okay, you know, the, the Bible says this, that you're being sanctified, right? And I feel like that a lot of me is doing really well. Right? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, Crystal always says this, like she feels like she's married to a new man every two years uh, because God changes you, right? He, he just, the stuff that I used to spin out on, right. come on, just lose, just lose it over, yeah. don't even bother me anymore, right? It just doesn't, it doesn't affect me. I just keep on going. Everything's good. Uh, but, but something still happens to me when I get in a car. And I feel like that that's the part of me that's just going to stay unsaved. There's the Christian me, and then there's the heathen me, and the heathen me is in the car, right? And, and I turn on the car, and all of a sudden, I don't, and, and here's the thing, is I'm not really trying to, I, I'm not trying to be a heathen. Yeah. You make me a heathen, right? You're, <laughs> and so I get angry, and I yell, and I'm like, come on, what are you doing? What, what's going, like, I'm yelling this stuff, and my wife loves to point out, you know, they can't hear you. And I always say, obviously, because if they could hear me, they would be better drivers at this point, right? Because obviously, they're awful drivers. And, and, and I was frustrated, and I'm at this point, and I'm like, there's no way around it. And I'm sitting at a red light, a forever long, come on, you know what I'm talking about, mile long of traffic, you know you're going to be there forever. Like, it's, you might as well, you buckle in, listen to a book, a whole book, because you've got plenty of time. And so I was sitting there, and I was waiting at this red light. I was like, okay, it's going to be good, and we're making our progress, and everything's going good, and I get to the moment that you've been waiting for. You've got four cars in front of you. The light's red, but you know you're next. You're going. It's going to be good. It's going, man, I'm going to be celebrating at my house in just a moment, in just a little bit of time. Like, come on, this is the moment we've all been waiting for, and I am pumped, and I am ready to go. And the light turns green, and everyone moves. Except for the guy in front of me. Come on. Come on. You know that guy. Completely in his own world. Not paying attention to nothing. This dude was sitting at the, the part that we've all been waiting for. The moment is there to be seized. And he is playing on his phone. Now here's the thing. is Again, there's the Christian me and there's the heathen me. 
And there's the Texas me and there's the heathen me. And I know the Texas part of me says you're supposed to be polite because that's what we are in Texas. And so you're supposed to go beep, beep. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? The little, eh, 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 eh. just a little, hey, buddy. Right back here. Just letting you know. Move on, brother. But that's not the, the good part of me would have done that. But the bad part of me took over and I gave him the extended version. Come on. The, you know, ridiculously long. You know what I'm saying? And here I am. I'm laying on the horn and I'm saying, would you move? Come on, man. You're going to miss the light and you're going to make me miss the light. And I don't know if you know this, but there is a mile of traffic behind us and we're all waiting on you to move. Here's the thing is that I wanted to preach this message because I don't know if you know it or not, but we are nearly halfway through the year. And some of you haven't started doing what you said you were going to do at the beginning of the year. Come on. Some of you haven't started the business. Some of you haven't started eating healthy. Some of you haven't started working out. Some of you haven't started going on date nights with your spouse. Come on. Some of you haven't signed up for counseling. Some of you haven't start, come on, started writing that book. There's some of you that said, I'm going to do this starting this year. And five months in, we're nearly six months in, beep, beep, it's time to move. It's time to start putting the thing in gear. I can't push the accelerator for you, but I can nudge you and say, it's time to move. The light is green. Can I tell you that your destiny is tied to so many other destinies and there's people behind you waiting on you to push the accelerator and move. And God is saying this, I've got a plan and a purpose for your life, but you've got to move. It's time to move. Some of you, 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 haven't, you haven't been putting off something for just this year. You've been saying you're going to do something for five years. You've been saying you're going to do it for 10 years. Come on, I don't even want to go to the people who've been doing it for 20. You've been saying, I'm going to do that one day, someday. One of these days, some of these days. Guess what? One day and someday never happen. And the Bible says this, no more procrastination, no more backwards looks. Come on, you got to seize the day. And God is wanting you to, every person in here to know, it's time to seize the day. The moment is now. The light is green. It's time for you to move. Now, I like to preach messages that make you feel good. Give you all warm and tingly. But every now and then, you need a nudge. You need a nudge. You need something that will push you and say, hey, it's time for me to move. In fact, I like to tell people this. One of my jobs as a pastor is I, I comfort the afflicted. But another job is to afflict the comfortable. And some of you are so comfortable, man. You're laid back and you're chill. And you're just, you're breezing through life and all you're doing is looking forward to Friday. Come on, you punch a clock, you punch out, you look forward to the weekend and you, you, you're, just, you're just sitting still and not moving and not doing what God has called you to do. And I'm just here to say, beep, beep, it's time to move. It's time to push the accelerator. It's time to start doing what you said that you were going to do. It's, start, it's time to start going after what God has called you to do. Some of you are asleep at the wheel and you need a nudge and somebody to say, come on, it's time to go. In fact, I'll say this, some of you are dozing and you need to be doing. 
The kingdom of God is now. Come on, it's not time to lay back. It's time to seize the day, and it's time to go after all that God has called you to do. Be beat. Ephesians 2, verse 10 says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, listen, which God prepared in advance for us to do. What's so awesome about this is that God has prepared something in advance for you to do. Now my question to you is, have you discovered what God has prepared for you? Have you discovered the work that God has prepared for you to do? And if you have discovered the work that God has prepared for you to do, are you doing it? Are you pursuing it? Are you going after it? Or are you asleep at the wheel? Are you dozing when you should be doing? Here's the thing is God is saying, he said back then and he's still saying today, seize the day. It's not about one day and someday. See, God lays everything out for you. I believe that God has put all the, uh, the time, the talent, and the treasure that you need to do what he has called you to do. But some of you are sitting back going, man, one of these days, someday, it's time to push the accelerator and go after what God has called you to do. Have you discovered the works that God has prepared for you? A recent nationwide survey polled church people, and they found this, that 87% of people who go to church say they do not know what their purpose is. 87% of people who go to church on a regular basis do not know what their purpose is. To me, that's a, a, a tragic and a staggering number. And let me just say this. The Bible even tells us in 1 Corinthians that, that we are the body of Christ. And the reason why this is a problem for the church is the same reason it would be a problem for you. If you woke up and 87% of your body stopped working. Right, come on. This is good. If 87% of your body stopped functioning or knowing why it was, what it was supposed to do and why it was supposed to do it, if 87% of you just said, I don't know what I'm doing anymore, all of a sudden, I'm telling you, I don't know if you'd be here, but I know for a fact you'd be in bad shape. And God is saying this, 87% of the church says, I don't know what I'm doing. That's why we're so passionate at One Church about helping people discover their purpose. That's why we create next steps. Why? Because we need more workers. No, because you need to know your purpose. You need to know what God has called you to do. You need to know that he has a plan for your life. And that plan is not to sit back and doze at a green light. That plan is to say, God, I want to do everything that you have called me to do in the time that you've given me to do it. 87%. I hope, I pray that this is not a church that says, man, 87% of the people have no clue what they're doing. Have no idea what their purpose is. Have no idea what God has put them on this earth to do. That is such a a tragic thing. And here's the thing is, that's why we say, you know what? We want to help you discover that purpose and God's plan for your life. But God's trying to get us to our purpose. And the enemy is trying to keep us from our purpose. A few enemies of purpose. I think one of the main enemies of purpose is confusion. Confusion is one that I think takes out so many people. Come on, you get so overwhelmed with all the options that you end up taking none of the options. You get so overwhelmed by everything that has to be done that you end up doing nothing. You get so overwhelmed. Come on. By all, come, some of you are like, man, I can't even pick what I'm eating for lunch. Right. Come on. 
much less what I'm doing for life. And you get confused and you get overwhelmed and you're like, I'm just not sure. And what happens in those situations is confusion just makes people go, you know what, I'm just not going to do anything. But can I tell you this? I feel like I've always been one of these people that I feel like I would rather take a step and at least be the wrong way than to not step at all. I, I refuse to just sit still and be like, well, I'm just not going to do nothing. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to meet any need. I'm not going to do anything. Why would I do anything? Because I'm so confused. There's too many options out there. The other day I was uh, wanting to watch a movie on Netflix. Come on, come on. And, uh, and I, uh, I was looking for like Passion of the Christ, something super Christian, but it wasn't on. <laughs> that's all I watch. TBN and really Christian movies. Left Behind series, highly recommend it. Left Behind series. That'll get you saved all over again. Is he serious? He's serious. Yeah. No. But I was watching, uh, I was wanting to watch a movie on Netflix and I'm cruising through and there are so many options. And the movies that they recommend that for you, I don't want to watch any of those movies, right? I'm like, that's for you. That ain't for me. And, and I was cruising through Netflix, and I'm trying to figure out what to watch, and I get so overwhelmed. I can't find anything. I'm like, ah, that looks good. Ah, maybe not. I'm, and I'm scrolling through, and I ended up searching for an hour. Giving up and going to bed. And that's what a lot of people are doing. They're searching through life and they get so overwhelmed with all the options that they end up picking nothing. They give up, they get frustrated and say, you know what, it's just easier for me just to not do anything than to try something and, not, and it not work out. So I'm just going to do what's safe and I'm just going to go to sleep because that's a lot easier. And some of you, come on, high school kids, you're out there and you're trying to figure out, do I go to this college or that college? Go to one college. Come on, somebody. That, that's, Pastor Jimmy will hook you up. He'll take care of you. You're going, which, which direction do I go? Come on, do I take this job that, that I'm not sure about, or do I stay in this job that I know is a dead end and it's not going anywhere? Do I date them even though they're not everything I've prayed for and everything I've asked for? Or do I move on because I'm believing God for somebody who is on fire for God and loves God with all their heart? Do I do, I do this? Do I buy the new car or do I stay in this car? What do I do? And so many people are so confused and they're saying this, I'm too confused to make a decision. I'm too confused to move. Can I tell you this, that God is not the God of confusion. God is the God of peace. God is a God of peace. One of the best pieces of advice my dad ever gave me. He said this, son, when you don't know what to do, follow peace. See, because the enemy will come in and he'll try to confuse and he'll try to disorient and he'll try to make you go, I don't know what to do. Because here's the thing is that he, he might not be, he, if he can't distract you, he's going to just keep you from moving. He's going to keep you from going after your destiny and after your purpose. So he begins to confuse you. And God's saying this, I want to bring clarity to what I'm calling you to do. The other thing that steals people's purpose and their destinies is comparison. Comparison. Oh man, this is, I, I feel like this gets worse and worse every year. It was bad, come on, when I was young, but it's even worse now because social media has done us no favors. And we look at other people's lives and, and, and we're going, oh my gosh, they're so awesome. She did not wake up looking like that. I know she said, just woke up selfie. She woke up looking like you. 
hair all jacked up, breath stinking. That's what she did, right? But she doesn't post that. And here's the thing, is that you are comparing your real life to their highlight reel. And what they're posting and they're running it through filters and they're trying to make it look as amazing and as awesome as they possibly can. And they're saying, look at how far I've come and look at all I've got. And you're looking at their life and you're comparing your life to theirs. And you're saying this, I'm not going to do anything because I can't be that and I can't have all of that. So why am I going to do anything? Comparison is stealing your purpose. Stealing your purpose. I was watching a YouTube video and, uh, about a, a young man was running a race and he was winning. I mean, he was beating everybody on the field. He was taking, I, I, I mean, he was way ahead of the whole, uh, the whole group. And he's running along and what happens, it was crazy because he's running his race and everything is going good. But then he starts looking back. Because he wants to make sure that he's in the lead. And he wants to make sure that he's well ahead of the people that are running behind him. And so he looks back once. He looks back twice. He looks back a third time. And on the fourth time, he trips and he falls and he loses the race. Here's the thing is that comparison will steal your purpose. And if you keep looking at the people running the race beside you and the people running the race in the next lane and the people running the race that are ahead of you, you will never fulfill all that God has called you to do. Can I tell you, church, God has not called me to be Stephen Furtick. God has not God called me to be T.D. Jakes. Brian is, uh, God has called me to be Brian Sparks. And as long as I'm running my race and doing what God has called me to do, then I'm fulfilling my purpose. God has called you to be the best you that you can be. Stop looking at her and start running your race. Stop looking at him and start running your race. Do what God has called you to do. Don't let comparison steal your purpose. Well, if I can't have everything... And I don't want it. Come on, young people, you want everything your parents have right now. Right. Come on. You don't realize it took them 30 years to get it. Right. Come on. If I can't have it all, I just live in their basement. <laughs> <laughs> and you're comparing yourself. Right. It's like the old joke the man went in and he had won the lottery and he walked in and claimed his prize and said, here's the winning ticket. They verified it, and they said, sure enough, okay, man, that's awesome. That was a big, you won the biggest lottery that, that has ever been, and so we're going to pay you $3 million for the rest of your life. He was a young man, and he said, no, that's not going to work. I want it all right now. Cash money on the table. I said, that's not the way it works, sir. Uh, $3 million for the rest of your life, that's why we're going to take care of it. And, uh, and he goes, no, no, you don't understand. I won the ticket. I won the lottery. I want it all right now on the table. I said, sir, that's not the way it works. We're going to pay you $3 million. It's a lot of money for the rest of your life. It's going to be a good life. You just take that. He said, no, 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 you don't understand. I want it all right now. And if I don't have it all right now, give me back my dollar. Wow. <laughs> that sounds stupid, but we've got people trading dollars for destinies. And I'm comparing it, and if I can't have all that you have, and if I can't have everything that they have, and if I don't have the platform that they have, and if I don't have the business that they have, and if I don't have the singing career that they have, if I can't have it all right now, then I don't want any of it. Just give me back my dollar. And you're hiding your talent, and God is saying this. If you just start doing what God, stop comparing yourself to them and start running the race that I put before you. Trade your destiny for a dollar. The third thing that steals purpose is counterfeits. Counterfeits. 
Some of you are chasing a good thing, but it's the wrong thing. Here's the thing is, is that you're chasing something that's good. And, and, and let me just say this, that everything that is good does not mean that it's good for you. God has really planned something specifically for you. God has really planned some purpose for you. And the thing about counterfeits is, is that you know that you're chasing the wrong thing. And God knows you're chasing the wrong thing. Everybody else around you might be fooled. But you know, I'm not doing what God has called me to do. Can I tell you that that does not mean, am I telling everybody in here, you need to quit your job and join the ministry? Please don't. Lord Jesus. What I'm telling you is, is that that could be, God, I know this is my calling and this is my goal in life. And I'm going to chase, I'm going to be a lawyer who is impacting the kingdom in my business. I'm going to be a doctor who is impacting the medical field, doing what God has called me to do. I'm going to be a secretary, but I'm going to be a godly secretary doing exactly what you called me to do. Because I know that I am here for a reason and I'm here for a purpose. Psalm 139, verse 16 says, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. See, God made you as an answer to a problem. In fact, I'll tell you this, that God does not make mistakes. He makes solutions. And I don't care what anybody else has ever told you, you're not a mistake. God gave you a purpose and he, you are, you are, there is a reason for you here because you are a solution. When you walk in, when you begin to understand that, you walk into church different knowing I am a solution to something at this church. You walk into your business different knowing I am a solution to something here at this workplace. You walk into Walmart, come on, different, going I am a solution to something. Come on, there's a lot of solutions needed to happen there. I am a solution to something here at Walmart. I am a solution. God has called me to be a solution. He's called me to be an answer. We're chasing counterfeits. So, good. so what do we do next? Where do we go from here? Start somewhere. Yeah. Just start somewhere. Some of you have made it so big in your mind you haven't started anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Start somewhere. Yeah. Can I tell you, you will never finish something you don't start. Right. Come on, that's good. You'll never finish writing that book if you don't start writing it. Huh? You'll never, you'll never finish anything that you don't start. And that's why we got to get to this place to where we go, I'm just going to start somewhere. Well, Brian, I feel like I want to start a business, but I can't quit my job. I've got bills to pay. I've got all this stuff to do. Start somewhere. Start on Saturday in your garage, man. Start doing something. Start walking in a direction. Start somewhere. I have people that will come up to me and ask me, and they'll say, hey, Pastor Brian, I just feel like you need to uh, start something really awesome for young adults. And I always look at them and say, no, you do. And they'll say, you're the pastor. And I always say, well, God gave you the burden. Here's the thing, is that God will give you a burden for something to reveal his direction. In fact, God often gives you a burden for something to show you your destiny. 
And you walk in here and you think, man, look at all of this stuff. There's something, this is a great church. It's awesome, but there is something missing. And I wish that they would do this. And the thing is, is that God has revealed that to you because you are a solution. You didn't walk in here by mistake, but there, you're, you walked in here on purpose. And God says this, you are a solution to the thing that I need you to solve. And we're looking around and we're waiting on somebody else to do it. And we're wondering when it's going to happen. Beep, beep, the light's green. It's time to move. You're going to community groups and you're like, man, I love community groups. Man, they're changing my life. I got so many friends. They're awesome. I love it. It's so incredible. But I have a lot of friends out there. Man, they would come to this community group if we would just start an underwater basket weaving court. I think we would do awesome at that because there's a lot of people out there having that need. And here's the thing is you're waiting semester after semester after semester for somebody else to come along and start that community group. Beep, beep. The light's green. God has put that burden on your heart because you're supposed to reach those people not your neighbor not your friend not the person across from you you're called to reach them you're called to pastor them you're called to love them you're called to help them god has put you here to be a solution to a problem the problem is is that we're looking for a sign from heaven and not a burden within God, my heart breaks for orphans. All the kids that don't have parents. Beep, beep. Maybe God's calling you to be a foster parent. Maybe God's calling you to go into the adoption process. Oh, my, my heart breaks for the homeless. Anytime I see a homeless, I just want to help them. I've been down and out. I've been hurting, and I know what that's like. And, man, my heart just breaks. Maybe it's time to start a community group reaching the homeless. Beep, beep. Light's green. Seize the day. Zechariah 4.10 says this, The Lord rejoices to see the work begin. I think we think the Lord only rejoices to see the work end or to see a work finished. But the Bible says this, the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. The Lord rejoices to see you start somewhere. The Lord rejoices to see you take a step. You know, when my kids were little bitty, I remember when they took their first steps. I didn't say, as a bit wobbly. I didn't say, come on, man, you, you can do better than that. We celebrated like they had just cured cancer. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You're cheering. You got your, you're, you're recording it. You got everything. Like you are, you are absolutely going crazy. And they're wobbly and they're stumbling and they end up falling. But you keep celebrating anyway. The Bible says this, the Lord rejoices to see a work begin. That means this, God just celebrates you putting your foot on the accelerator. God is just rejoicing that you're taking a step. God is just rejoicing that you're starting somewhere. Beep, beep. It's time to move, church. Come on. Everybody is waiting on you start moving start doing what God has called you to do there will never be a perfect time there'll never be a perfect moment you'll never have enough money just start somewhere 
The light's green. It's time to move. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, right now, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you for a challenging word. But God, I thank you for purpose. I thank you that every person in here has plans for their life. God, that you've given them a reason for living. God, that you don't make mistakes, you make solutions. Lord, I pray above everything else, Lord, that we would not be a church with 87% of the people saying, I don't know what I'm here for. But God, we would be a church full of people knowing God has called me. God has planned my life. God has written it out before I ever took a breath. God has a destiny and a purpose for my life. God, over the next days and hours and weeks and months, Lord, I pray as they take a step, Lord, that you begin to reveal your purpose and your plan for their life. God, I pray that they, as they walk it out, Lord, as they step it out, Lord, that they, they, they just continue to take one step after the other. And God, that we are moving towards our destiny and towards our calling. Thank you for it. With every head bowed and every eye still closed, and maybe you're in this place and you don't know Jesus. You never ask him into your heart. You never ask him to be the Lord of your life. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a relationship. You know where purpose starts is in him. Because he created you. He will reveal his purpose for your life. If you're here and you say, Brian, I don't know Jesus. I've never asked him into my heart. But I want to today. Maybe you're here and you say, Brian, I prayed that prayer but I've walked away. Today, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Today, I want to resurrender my life to Jesus. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one's looking around. You say, Brian, that's me. Will you pray that prayer with me? I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up on the count of three, and we're going to pray a prayer together. And I believe this. When you pray this prayer, if you believe it in your heart, your life will never be the same. Brian, that's me. I need Jesus in my life for the first time, one. Brian, today I'm rededicating my life to Jesus too. Brian, will you pray that prayer with me? Three, just slip your hand up, put it right back down. Amen. Amen. Hands everywhere. Amen. 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 We love you, friend. We love you. God's got a plan for you. Can we pray this prayer together as a church family? Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Take my sin. By your grace, I take your righteousness. I make you the Lord of my life give you all that I am I hold nothing back in Jesus name everybody said amen amen come on give it up for every person that prayed that prayer today hey if you prayed that prayer we are we want to celebrate with you so if you would stop by one of our connect tables and just say hey I made that decision for Jesus or I rededicated my life we're going to celebrate with you and we want to make sure you have everything you need as you begin this incredible journey of faith At One Church, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, join us by investing in others today. You can go to IamOneChurch.com slash give. Thanks for watching, and we hope you have a great week.